0: Hey, 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 it's Todd Fox here from Halos in the Infield, and I gotta tell you about Noble L Works, where all you have to do is mention Halos in the Infield to get 10% off of any kind of craft beer or anything in house. So we're on tap at Noble L Works, they have the best flavored beers and awesome golden pale l's you gotta check them out mention hiti and get your 10 percent off right there and then also 714 tickets 714 tickets 714 tickets is a place to go to get tickets for concerts theater events and also sporting events outside of the states of california because you can go anywhere and use 714 Tickets and get a 714 Tickets discount via H-I-T-I, which is Halos in the Infield, in the Apply Now code. So give them a call too, or go online and get that discount courtesy of hey, Halos in hey, the Hey, Infield. welcome into another now episode of Halos the in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, the Lone Star Halo. What is that hat you're wearing, by the way? That's a pretty sexy hat.
1: Oh, actually, I, I wanted to bring that up. Um, so this is the Albuquerque isotopes. It was a Christmas gift. So our boy, Brian Crosby from uh, Marvel, uh, he last year did the whole Defenders of the Diamond thing with Marvel. Remember where they like changed the logos for the minor league teams to be more Marvel-esque. And uh, this was one of them. And I remember looking at it and I was like, you know what? It's kind of cool. You know, it gives me power line vibes from the Goofy movie. I don't know if you remember that movie.
0: Yes, I do. One of my yeah. favorite father-son movies. That that movie's awesome.
1: It was a good movie. De- definitely a very good movie.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, with that being said, I just wanted to get that out of the way. It's a, one of my favorite uh, hockey logos as well, the the uh, old school Coyotes, and then you got that ice. The the Kachina, yeah. custom. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Well, before we start, uh, we're going to get into the topics of the day or on the show, and uh, one of them is we're going to talk about the stadium experience, uh, how we experienced the Angel Stadium from last season, to our expectations for this season post Otani, and then we're also going to talk about obviously the elephant in the room, which was uh, Mister Hicks signing with the Angels. We'll talk about his contract, what we expect from him, and uh, have the Angels signed enough players to total one Otani yet, or are we still far off from that? Uh, we'll talk off-season moves and and uh, if in like Fernando brought it before the show started. There has been uh, enough time that's gone by in this offseason. We are getting very close to pitchers and catchers, and uh, there is a lot of free agents still out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, right, Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell are kind of the big names, and, I mean, chances are we've been doing this long enough that by the time this comes out, like tomorrow, it's like, oh, they already signed, you know what I mean? That's just just the nature of the beast in baseball. But, you know, as we record this at uh, my time, it's 9.23 on Monday, January 29th, Those two big names still don't have homes. And, I mean, Cody Bellinger was one of the big names going into this offseason, right? It was Shohei Otani, Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger. And then, obviously, Yamamoto was up there as well. Uh, Marcus Stroman was kind of number five. But now, those two guys don't have homes. And there's uh, Matt Chapman. That's another guy. Yeah. Big name. Justin Turner, I believe, also is another one. Yes. Kershaw.
0: Yeah, quite a few. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Dhs out there looking for homes. Yep. Solaire, JD yeah, Jorge Martinez.
1: Soler, yeah, yeah, JD Martinez is I heard JD Martinez is getting closer.
0: Yeah, I, I can't imagine him being out there very much longer. You know, someone yeah. someone's bound to pick him up. So, so with that being said, uh, let's get started and let's talk about one, Mister Hicks. As um, you want to lay out his contract, as far as who's paying him and who's not.
1: So he's under contract with the Yankees until 2025. While we talk, let me see if I can, I, mean, I don't have those numbers off the top of my head. Why would I have Aaron Hicks oh. contract off the top of my head? Oh, I
0: was just going to tell you, if you didn't have the numbers, I know it's 19 million.
1: They still owe them. Yankees. Is that what it is?
0: Yeah. That's all I heard. 19 million.
1: Yeah, because he only made the league minimum last year with Baltimore, so the Angels are on the hook for giving him league minimum as well. But I mean, he signed a pretty big contract with the Yankees.
0: Yeah, he did flourish for a couple seasons right there, and was supposed to be like the heir apparent and the you know a pretty good uh, player to be out there uh, in their outfield for some time, but just didn't work out.
1: Spot track isn't working for me. Oh. I'm clicking on it. It just says uh, that it's not available. So I don't know. Maybe they're doing some updates to those numbers as we speak because he's on the Angels right now.
0: Could be, but my source was Halo Joe. He said he looked up his contract, so I'm gonna go with that. So, oh yeah, no,
1: I, 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 Joe says it. I trust it.
0: Yeah, and if uh, if if I'm wrong by restating what he said, then it's his fault.
1: So totally on Joe. (laughs) You can't have it two ways.
0: But, yeah, I mean, what do you think of the pickup? I mean, do you think he can show out this year or at least – because now, I mean, that, that just makes a even crowded outfield more crowded.
1: Yeah, so he got seven years, $70 million in 2019. Wow. Yeah, that was a giant contract. I mean, I don't know why they would give him that. Anyway, Um, so last year with the Orioles in uh, – God, what was it? Um, I'm trying to see the amount of games – so he had 269 at-bats with the Orioles. He got 68 hits, 8 homers, batted 253, had non-base percentage of 353. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I would take that. I mean, so here's the thing. What is Aaron Hicks? Is he your Brett Phillips this year? No. I, In your I, opinion.
0: No, no, I, I think he's got to be better than Brett Phillips. I think he, he's sad to say he's going to challenge Adele. You know, if Adele gets that shot again. Uh, he, he's going to challenge him for
1: sure. Uh, well, he only played 65 games with the Orioles. So you, you think that there's a chance he could beat Adele out of camp? Yeah, because if you look at the two rosters, the Orioles
0: had a loaded roster of young talent that are better than Hicks. It's true. And Hicks is Hicks is your prototypical you know, Urshela for us last year, which is off the bench, give us a game or two a week or maybe three. Um, he's not an everyday guy, at least in their format. Now, if he were to get off to a hot April and beat out an Adele or someone else that we have in the outfield, I could see him potentially playing almost
1: every day. So So here's the numbers that he's projected for. Okay. Let me know what you think. So he's projected 401 plate appearances, 81 hits, 10 homers, uh, he he's projected about 234 and have a 333 on base percentage mm. um
0: not very impressive not not very impressive I, I I would say that that would be similar numbers yeah I, I think that would be something yeah the
1: 234 is what would scare me yeah, I'm we'd... not expecting us to get Aaron Hicks who's going to be batting 280 but I mean 234 is pretty low out of 400 plate appearances
0: You know what, and what troubles me too, bro, is looking at another one of these first-round picks reclamation uh, projects. And we've signed, what, two or three so far this offseason alone, you know?
1: Yeah, Yeah. Hunter Dozier being a big one, Miguel Sano being another one that immediately comes to mind.
0: Yep. So, and that other player uh, that you posted, I forget where he came from, the Tigers or something like that. He he was drafted number one in 2015. It's like... You know, this this guy is 34 years old, almost going to be 35 mid-season. Yeah, getting along in um, the tooth. Yeah, we're reverting a lot back to the uh, late 80s, early 90s angels with a lot of over-the-hill guys.
1: The thing that's rough for me is, you know, they so they continuously say that right now the goal is to go in with this core, right? You mm-hmm. know, your old Hoppies, your Nettos. Sanibel, Detmers, ShamWow, you know, these guys. Okay. And they're like, we're not going to let anybody block these young core members from getting their reps. I would assume Moniac and Adele would also go on that tier. Okay. So with that being said, do you think a guy like Aaron Hicks truly stops a guy like Adele or Moniac? from getting reps, or is it just they might beat, he might beat them out of camp. Let's just say he has a good spring training, but you think nature will work itself out come May and, you know, Adele and Moniak will be playing every day come, you know, May.
0: I think you'd be right on that. I think at some point they would beat him out. The cream would rise to the top. The only thing that scares me is, with Adele having so many things being put in, from I think a lot of it was him being drafted too young, uh, you know, not being able to develop, go through the minor league system, being pumped up the air parent, uh, and then the letdowns, the injuries, the not being able to deal with social media or the fans, everything that Adele has had to do. What if he's finally fixed into it? And I've seen it on other teams and and other players that for some reason something clicks after thirty five or around mid thirties. And they just go on a two-year tear before they fall off. You know, what if Hicks comes on a, t- a tear when Adele's finally figured it out? And this is just another thing for him to overcome, but he can't do it because the the, the, the he doesn't log- get a chance. Yeah, the logical thing to do for a GM on his way out is be like, hey, I gotta play the hot hand. And what if Hicks is the hot hand?
1: Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this about Joe Adele since you brought him up. True or false. 2020. 2020- ruined joe adele keep in mind that was his rookie season because he got brought up there and thrown in the line of fire in a short season that is what ruined joe adele
0: i would have to say it has yes true that has to play a big part because again the minor league system was completely closed at that time so even when they sent him down he had nowhere to go nowhere to play
1: so in 38 games in 2020 he batted 161 with an on base percentage of 212. I knew it was bad, but when, I, I didn't know it was 161 bad. I mean, you know, that wasn't in my memory. I
0: forgot okay.
1: So, yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. 2021, he had a, a batting average of 246, on base percentage of 295. So, on base percentage was starting to trend in the right direction. You're starting to get towards your 300. You want to get on base at least a third of the time, right? Mm-hmm. 333 on base percentage, like great. You know, anything better than that, amazing. But that's kind of where you want to be generally, though. You're mm-hmm. getting on base a third of the time. 2022, which is this was his biggest sample size in 88 games, 224 batting average, 264 on base percentage. And his power never really materialized either. He only got eight homers that year.
0: Mm.
1: But he struck out 107 times in those 285 plate appearances. That's way too damn high.
0: Yeah, that is that is too high. I think he's had that long swing that we've all dreaded to. You know, you've seen players that have, like, you know, you could throw Bellinger in there that we talked about earlier, other hitters that, you know, uh, I remember Josh Hamilton's swing was long. You know, yeah, if you connect, you're going to hit it far, but, you know, and these guys don't shorten up their swings. And and it's been sad, though, bro. I don't know if you've, you've seen it. At times, Adele can be very patient but he seems to get very aggressive. And then that's when his swing
1: just becomes real wild and real long. Okay. So Joe Adele, you know, since we're going to slowly start tying this back to Aaron Hicks, Mm -hmm. what do you do with him? If you're Perry, let's just say he comes out, he has an average spring training. Mickey Moniak comes out, has an average spring training. And so does Aaron Hicks. None of these guys are taking the world by storm, but you know, they're batting about 260, 270. You know, they're taking their walks, all average defense. Mm-hmm. Who are you taking? Who are you cutting? I th- I think I think you have to
0: ride with Adele, give him a fair shot. I think he's got to help you, and you got to help him, meaning. If he's – like, so let's see those guys are average and the team is starting to tread towards not making the playoffs by June and you're getting within about a month of the, the... – June, that's a
1: deep playoff run for this potential team. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I mean, if it looks hopeless by then and you're seeing that, yeah, you know, Adele's giving you at least numbers to where you could package him. I think the right thing to do for the Angels to Adele – would be to package him even if you've got to give him away for essentially whatever you're trading uh as well as a throw-in i think that's the best thing you could do for him is to give him a fresh start somewhere else and just be like hey man we tried or it just didn't work out here because i do believe he can be one of these players to flourish somewhere else i just you know i'm i'm sad Because I'm again like we're Angel fans first, and we would love for these guys to tear it up, you know. Like if Squid was an amazing player, I'd be Squid fan number one. But he just was dog shit and had a dog shit attitude, so that's why I didn't like the guy. But an Adele kind of guy, like I know he's got it in him. I know he's got the dog in him. It just might not be shown here.
1: Okay, so you you're kind of hoping Joe Adele maybe in a world where he doesn't work out as an Angel gets a Mickey Moniac situation elsewhere. He goes Correct. somewhere and wants Mickey Moniac, now that he's been here with the Angels, we've seen some very good flashes of Mickey Moniac. Yeah, and, and here's the thing you you would assume that we don't like Joe Adele. On the contrary, you know, unlike your fiance, I like Joe Adele the person. Yeah. Joe Adele the player looks, you know, he's he's fucking sick. You know, like, he's the kind of guy you'd probably invite to your party. Seems like he'd be the life of the party. Seems like he'd be a fun guy to, like, play catch with. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, he hasn't been able to get it done on the field. And that's why it's like you kind of get resentful towards him getting opportunities. I want him to get a legitimate shot because I I like watching him play. You see the flashes when he's in triple A. You know, he hits bombs on bombs on bombs in AAA. Seems to have some good defense in AAA. But he seems to be a 4A guy. When he gets to the show, he can't put it together. He plays a game with passion. And I've never once looked at Joe Adele and been like, that guy doesn't want to be here. He always looks like he wants to be there. Nobody can say that this guy isn't putting in an effort. You know, you can say that about guys like Rendon all the time. The writing's on the wall. He, he even admits, it, right, the season's too long. And then you see these videos of Joe Adele freaking jumping, jumping through a flaming hoop that's on fire while freaking deadlifting six Honda Civics on his back, all while he jumps on top of, like, a 30-inch mat. You know what I mean? Like, this guy is like CrossFit Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. that stuff doesn't help him play baseball, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, he's a freak of nature. I mean, I'm pretty sure if he wanted to play football, he'd be a dangerous wide receiver or a linebacker. I mean, he's he's got it in him. But like, I think or a, a corner. Yeah, corner. Yeah, definitely or safety. He um he just like this year, I noticed a lot his defense. He went from being cocky in the outfield, you know, where to where he's made errors to where a routine fly ball to him, you're just like catch it, you know. But <laughs> um, like that improved. You know, he's not, you know, letting the ball go off his glove over the fence, um, you know, between his legs. So that improved this year, uh, you know, uh, but there was still like it just it just seemed like he was dealt a bad hand, bro. I don't know if he felt the same way because it seemed like when he was starting to hit and and also drive the ball a bit, he gets hurt again with the oblique. And he had no timetable for a return. By
1: the time he came back, nobody cared. Yeah, it's kind of hard to not give him the injury-prone label Mm. because he really hasn't given himself a fair shake. 2020 is a wash. You can't blame him for that. You know, kid had to come up in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, You know, and besides that, like you said, it just keeps being injury after injury.
0: Yeah, and and a guy like Hicks – you know, you kind of know like what you're going to get. I think the projection projections you brought up are not going to be far from what he's going to do. Like I said, he might hit a few, you know, like four or five more home runs. Like Mustakis wasn't predicted to do anything with us. And he had a nice little breakout year. He's a, vet, sure. a Wiley veteran. So it could be a year like that for him. I don't think he's gonna be a leader of any sort, but I I do think that he could provide some pop and some occasional hits and some rest for some of the starters. But again, we, we haven't gotten into any free agents that are an upgrade from any of the players that are currently on the roster.
1: Well, breaking news. You heard it from Todd. The angels have not replaced Shohei Otani. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Aaron Hicks, I know it's, it's a very underwhelming signing, right? I mean, it's like uh, when you were a kid, well, no, it's a bad example. I was gonna say when you're a kid, like your parents brought home McDonald's, it's like meh, but I mean, you know, back back when you were a kid, McDonald's was lit, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm trying
1: to I'm I'm trying to think. Okay, it's like you go to Disneyland, right? Okay, your parents decided to take you to Disneyland as a kid, you know. That's mm-hmm. one of the best things as a kid, right? Oh, we're going to Disneyland, hooray. Okay, but all you're doing, all you're allowed to do the entire day is ride the carousel. It's like, I mean, it's better than being home. Yeah. Whatever, I guess you know. I mean, after a while, you're gonna get bored. So it's like Aaron Hicks. It's like, I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. Like, I don't think the Aaron Hicks contracts hurts the Angels, Mm -hmm. but it's like riding the carousel day. It's like it's fine. I guess it's not that great. I kind of want to go on like the Matterhorn or something. Or you
0: know, it's like if your parents said, "Hey, we're gonna go to Disneyland this summer," and then you wind up at Boomer's.
1: Hey, to some kids, man. So uh, boomers <laughs> might as well be Disneyland. <laughs> hey, that's why you like gotta like convince your kids, like, hey, we're going to Disneyland. And you take them like boomers, and you buy them like a pair of mouse ears or something, like <laughs> the the neighborhood Dollar General. And, like, hopefully, like, they don't get a concussion from, like, how tight the plastic's going to be, like, on their skulls, because, you know, it's a Dollar General. You take one
0: of those headbands for those girls and just, like, take those those small paper plates,
1: glue them onto the top, <laughs> and paint them black. There you go. No, now now it's all about, like, the characters. You got to paint, like, the character. Oh, there um, you What's go. a big character? I mean, I don't know. I mean, for oh, Todd's man, the, age, he's Mandal- still
0: probably you Mandalorian. You put the Mandalorian Yeah.
1: I was <laughs> going to say, at your age, you probably still think, like, Leading the Tramp's relevant.
0: Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the Fox and the Hound, baby.
1: That was a good movie.
0: <laughs> sure was. Uh, uh,
1: okay, so, Aaron Hicks, where where are you on the signing? Honestly, I don't hate it. I mean, it's a meh signing either way. Oh, it's, a, he, it's
0: a C down the middle, bro.
1: Yeah, that's where I am. I mean, it, you could be surprised. Mm-hmm. You might not be surprised, but at the end of the day, I don't think this signing hurts the angels at all. There's nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah, there's, there's really not. I mean, at this point, um, I think we talked about it last year and, and and every year that we've done this show is the fact that we would have loved to see more contact hitters. Now, I'm not saying that Aaron Hicks is a contact hitter because you brought up all the strikeouts and stuff like that, but he does have a good eye. So he can work some walks. That's definitely needed. Um, so, you know, if we're signing players like that, we're not signing the Solares. We're not signing the, 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 the big power hitters like Bellinger. I'm good with that. If we're signing guys under the radar who who get on base.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, Perry really thinks he is Billy bean.
0: Yes. (laughs) And speaking of Perry, I think that was one of our other topics. Um, you know, the jury's still out. And we—he's got some more times to, de, you know, the jury has time to de, uh, deliberate and have their final answer. Which I think we're going to do once we do the preview show, as you brought up in the uh, pregame. Uh-huh. It, we're gonna—we're gonna talk about everything, angels, and what we expect moving forward, organization all the way up and down. But with that being said, so far you brought up a good point. Let's talk about Perry and has he done enough? To justify maybe an extension of at least a year to two years, from what he's had to go through since inheriting this job.
1: Look, man, it's it's so tough, and this is gonna feel like a cop out answer, but like I really want Angels fans to listen to this, like, because it, it's hard. This team still has Billy Epler's fingerprints all over. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Taylor Ward drafted by Bill uh, by Billy. You know, Yetmers drafted by Billy. Sandoval, Renhifo, these are guys that were traded to the Angels. So it's like, you know, he he re-signed Trout, right? He's the reason why Trout's still here. And and I understand he's also the reason why Rendon's still here. But these are all moves that the Angels, in theory, are still benefiting from, right? Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you have those pieces. The bullpen is... All Perry, you know, Silseth, Perry, uh, Canning's another Billy Uppler guy. Uh, but you know, you got then you have the young core, your Shanuel, your Ohapi, Neto, Moniac trade. These are guys who are theoretically part of your core, right, for years to come. And those are Perry guys. So it's like, I don't know. We really haven't seen a lot of these guys that. Harry drafted get an opportunity to come and prove that they belong in the majors. You know, Kai Bush was almost there, got traded. Um, you know, yeah. You, you got lucky with Neto, Shanuel that those guys were drafted and came up and immediately produced. Say what you want about. Yeah, they were properly scouted. Okay, sure. But there's a lot of luck in drafting someone and immediately bringing them to the show.
0: That's yeah, that's so true on so many levels, by the way. Uh, did you hear about Trey cabbage being designated for assignment?
1: Yeah. I forgot to make the post about that. I, I got, we got a tweet and I was like, Oh yeah. Cause I saw the, I saw it and it's like, I liked Trey cabbage and I liked the way I saw it, but also like his name wasn't big enough where like, it's like show stopping, work, stopping news. I have to stop in the middle of work. Cause you know me, I'm pretty quick on those graphics when breaking news hits.
0: Absolutely. You know, now- James
1: Malou will like send us, you know, stuff in the group chat and like nine times out of 10, like my brother, already made a graphic.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you this for a uh-huh. true or false Trey cabbage.
1: Yes. True. Yeah. Uh, And it's a shame. Cause I like him. Me too. You know, I like him. I, I, I w- another one of those Joe Adele kind of guys. I want to like him because he has fun. He looks like he wants to be there. And you know, if there's a way we can bring him back on a minor league deal. Hey, I would love that. Yeah.
0: Defensively. He was rock solid. Um, when he when he connected, he was good. Yep. I just felt his swing was a little wild too. Um, man, he's he reminded me a lot of a left-handed Brandon Wood, dude. Like just a crushing it in Double A AA and Triple A, and he comes up here and he can't hit the broadside of a barn. So yeah, I was, that sucks. But I mean, he had his chances. I mean, especially he last, year. you know, he, he had every opportunity to take the bull by the horns. That's why I was a, I was really upset with Adele getting the oblique because. That was his shot last year, as far as like really putting his, his uh you know, his pulling his weight as, a, as an angel, and he didn't do it. But getting back to Perry real quick, one other question yeah. is he the fall guy this year? Say, for instance, the angels get off to a bad start, as probably they'll be predicted too. And let's just say, final year of the contract, you know, looking to get rid of some of the blame. Do you think they pull the trigger
1: and fire Perry? If I'm already, I would right now, just this second, I'm giving Perry a one-year extension, either way, no matter what. And the reason for that is because Ron Washington's here for two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is Perry's first chance to hire his, you know, seemingly his guy. We don't know that for a fact, but <clears throat> sorry, I like breathe in for a second. You know, that when you like when you're like talking and you like you just take a gulp of oxygen, you're like, oh hey. um, so we would assume that this was a Perry hire. Who knows? Maybe we'll find in the future that it was an already hire, kind of like the Joe Madden thing. But assuming this was a Perry hire, just give him the extra year. So him and Ron Washington are here for the same amount of time. Because once Ron Washington's contract is expired, you can then figure out what the course of direction is. Is already even still here, you know, and then you could really figure out what's going on.
0: That's a really good explanation because I do think it would be unfair if he were to be fired. And again, you're tied with Ron Washington if he's your manager or not. And what if he's not? Like you said, what if what if that's another hey, uh, business? If it's his decision, that's another manager that Perry was never able to to sign himself or put in place. And so, so in my opinion, he's never really had a true legitimate job or, or shot at GM so and and the thing of this dude he's had to take up after what happened with Epler and the failures there and now he's trying to fix or come after the Otani era
1: yeah and that's the thing right no matter what happens one of Perry's biggest things that he'll always be known for is the guy that lost Shohei yep because, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to tell me like, hey, man, what's the first thing to mind when you think of Billy Eppler? Bringing Shohei Otani over from Japan, signing Mike Trout to a lifetime contract. Even if Mike Trout gets traded and ends his career somewhere else in this hypothetical world, you know, he's still convinced Trout to sign a lifetime contract. And making one of the best trades we've ever seen, getting Anelton Simmons for Nothing. Yeah, Sean Newcomb, Eric Ibar, two guys that really didn't do too much with Atlanta. So, you know, what's going to be Perry's legacy? Well, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, like... You know, losing Otani is going to be a big one. I think it's going to And gonna I mean, be... besides that, maybe drafting guys and immediately calling them up?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it it's all going to... Like, even if he were to get fired, like, it would be how many of those pitchers that he drafted are going to come through in the next couple of years, if at all. Um, and then what's the legacy of the players he did draft, which are very few that have made the roster. Um, it's going to be tough, man. I, I really don't see any kind of change until, like you said, the ownership is gone or, or gets changed because, um, it's it's hard to know and because every time we think we know what's going on, we get thrown another curveball or another thing that just gets our head spinning like oh my god, I can't believe it's that bad. Yeah, and, there's a
1: lot Oh, go ahead, sorry.
0: Oh no, I was just going to say, I mean, there's a lot of people that hate the the previous general manager and including this one as well and throw everything on him and it,
1: but it's like you got to start at the top. There's just a lot of stains um in this Harry era, and by that I mean think about this, right? So we already mentioned Otani, yeah. Okay, what if that Brandon Marsh trade didn't work out? Because so far it's worked out for us. We got Logan Ohapi, and he's done well so far. But like, that's a big swing, right? You're losing a guy who is very controllable in the outfield who could have been part of this young core. Mm-hmm. You essentially, you know, gave up on him to get Logan O'Hoppy, which is fine. You know, we didn't really have a catcher, we, but you also got rid of Kai Bush and Edgar Cuero for free. Got nothing. You know, that's that's a giant stain. I'm going to think about that when Perry's time here is done. You know, there's some positives that you could th- take out of the Billy Epler era. Like I said, Anderson Simmons was one of them. You know, the Patrick Sandoval trade, we seemingly have gotten a decent amount for that. I mean, Sandoval's always had potential. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got Luis Renifo kind of out of nothing. I mean, he's been a key bench piece, you know. Sure, he hasn't been a giant piece to the puzzle, but did we really think it was going to be? He's Luis Renifo is what he needs to be. He is a stopgap kind of guy for a week or two, someone gets hurt. That's what he should be.
0: Yeah, I I think, too, the one thing that gets left out is people don't realize as an organization, you can look at that Diamondbacks logo on the TV screen behind us, and what that reminds me of is the fact that they built a a plan. They had a plan. They they, they weren't going nowhere. They weren't treading water. They were terrible. They decided to put in some sort of culture, the right managers, the right motivators, the right players, uh, from top to bottom. Everyone bought in. And I think that's something that has not been here since Disney. There's no buy-in, there's no uh, agenda, there's no um, course. There is no stay the course because there is no course. You're you're on a ship with no uh, uh what it was it called um ship with the, the captain. No, the east, west, south, north, the compass. You're with no compass. You're not. You're just out there floating. And I think that's what the angels are doing. They're they're just out there floating. And. Uh, and, and you're going to be as mediocre as that compass less ship. And, and I think that's where we're headed because these kind of moves are just crying for desperation of, hey, we're, we're just filling a hole. We, we think we're filling a hole. You know, like, I don't know if I have a job tomorrow. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those type deals.
1: Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you about not having a sense of direction. We've said that so many times on this show. I mean, there's really nothing else you can't say. We've said it so many times.
0: Yeah, and that was I was just trying to feed into your point. It's like you know, at least with Epler at his time, you know, you kind of felt you were doing something. Perry's kind of like I, I like I like I said, just trying to stay in the lines. And and sometimes you could see a rhyme and reason, like you brought up that first trade, and then the others you're like, why, yeah, you know, why are we doing this? So, um, yeah. So the jury will still be out on that. We're definitely going to talk about that. The closer we get to the startup of the season, and okay. uh, February fifth is going to be a lot more content. So we'll get we'll get more and more into baseball related things. But first, before we uh, our last topic of the show, how was your stadium experience? I know you're out in Texas. You only came out for a couple games last year.
1: I think I went a three at the big A.
0: Yeah, compared to other years, what was your experience overall? I know you did the whole walk around the stadium and everything. How was that for you? What did you think?
1: Angel Stadium is an interesting place. Now, I'm always going to view it from the eyes of a fan, right? I mean, when you're a true diehard fan of a team, it's always going to feel like home. So, I mean, let's throw that out there. There's always going to be a bias no matter what. You know, if somebody comes up to me, and, you know, they're a fan of our team. They're like, hey, this place is a dump. Tear it down. I'm beating their ass to the ground. Like, it's over, right? Like, it's it's on site. We're throwing hands. But it's true. I mean, big a, the big A is a dump.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's like, hey, nobody can say that except me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure you feel the same way. You know what yeah. I mean? If, like, one of – if you have a buddy who's, you know, a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and they're like, Todd, Angel Stadium is a dump. You're going to be like, hey, shut up. Only, you know, only I can talk trash about this stadium. But, I mean, the stadium experience has always just been lackluster with the Angels. I mean, we're a far cry away from a true game day experience. Like, you go to other stadiums, and they have, like, the games for, like, the kids. Like, oh, you know, they have those screens or those, like, little, like, you know, the little catcher dummy. And the kids have to, like, throw the, the strikes, and it has little, oh, you threw, like, 55 miles an hour. You know, the speedometer. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have a little kids area. We don't have a little wiffle ball field. We don't have a playground for kids. They pride themselves on a family atmosphere, but like they don't really go out of their way to create anything special for families. I think this was the first year, at least in a long time, that they've had it like in my car in stadium hosts on a microphone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they actually showed a DJ a couple times. Uh, it was weird because, you know, going back, I mean, the last couple of years we complained because it was the same script from day one of opening day through the end of the season. And you go 81 times or you go 20 times, it becomes very monotonous to see the same kind of, you know, commercial breaks, the same kind of like, hey, the ice creams are running the bases, uh, the, the hitting ball under the hat trick you know it's just the same mundane stuff they never really got into changing anything up unless they brought in a band or two here and there same country week um just it, a lot of terrible ideas we've always knocked the angels for their stuff but one thing i want to tell you and from my experience fernando was back in the day when An- anaheim first did their remodel i remember dodger fans they hadn't touched that stadium and it was in the decrepit stage that you know in the mccourt era that it, that the angel stadium has fallen into, you know, it it was, it was cracking. It was old seats, uh, nothing spectacular about it. And I remember Dodger fans being like, man, I love angel stadium. It's, it's beautiful. Not only is it the the people nice, you know, I don't worry about getting my ass kicked, but the, the, the experience is good. And it was for, from most of the two thousands. Now the flip, the, the script is flipped. And Dodger Stadium is now the place to go. They've got so many good rows of seats and bars, and it's it's been revitalized as, you know, the mecca right there. And then Angel Stadium is behind the times.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just so much that the, the stadium's missing now. You know, like baseball's evolved, right? There was a time where you just went to baseball games to watch the games. And no matter what, I'm always going to be that type of fan. When I'm there, I want to watch the game. But baseball has just turned so social now. You know, yeah, they have a little Budweiser patio and in left field they have, I mean, what is it now? The Modelo porch, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Modelo, Corona, whatever it's going to be tomorrow. So, and that's kind of really all they have. And they have chorus light, they have those like tables. And I guess like those areas are fine. But aside from that, There's really nothing else that makes the Angels Stadium experience like special. I know recently where the uh, Hall of Fame store is, right behind home plate on the second deck there. I guess you can call that the main concourse because you can walk around the whole stadium from there and still watch the Mm game. That area, they added like those like jerseys and stuff like that, like mementos from Angels history. And I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I like how like Petco Park, they have like the Padres Hall of Fame there you know, Yankee Stadium, they have um, Monument Alley or whatever they call it. I don't know. New York sucks. (laughs) But um, they have these places where you can go there and just view pieces of history. The New York Mets had the same thing. So I'm glad that the Angels finally have something. I would really hope, though, that if they ever get a brand-new stadium, they truly get, like, an Angels Hall of Fame, not just a little, like, you know, thrown together, slab, but it's good for now. At least it gives you something. They have the giant trout bobblehead, the giant trout Otani. like, okay, I, I understand they're trying. You know, they have the Don Julio club, so it's not like they're not doing anything at all. It's not like it's Oakland. We're like Oakland, like all they have is the treehouse on left field. True,
0: true. But they have but, been recently the food trucks, which they hadn't done before. That's
1: true. Yeah, like in uh, right by home plate type of thing. Yeah. So it's like, well, at least they're trying to, but it's like, I don't know. I just feel like there's something missing at Angel Stadium.
0: I agree. And as far as what you brought up with the history, like, it's bothered me that they have that stuff in a way because you have all that history. You have the posts that have player profiles on them and what they did showing them when they're actually playing back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And even before that, yet you don't sell any of their merchandise. So you're yeah, right, especially
1: on the Hall of Fame store.
0: Yeah, you're you're right there propping up all these players, yet you can't find any of their gear in the damn stadium club. One thing yeah. I want to ask you too re- related to the stadiums. Now, you've been to how many stadiums in the, in Major League
1: Baseball? 17, 18?
0: So 18 out of what 32, right? Or 30? 30. 30. Okay, 18 out of 30, so more than half if you had to pick right now or put them, you don't have to rank all the teams, but where would you put angel stadium in those 18 stadiums that you've traveled to,
1: you know, probably like 12, 13, maybe 11. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's fine. That's what it is. It's fine.
0: Yeah. It's that's sad. This is, this is coming from someone. I believe you went to Tampa, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tampa, Tampa's the bottom. Like I, 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 (laughs) I just said that actually on the, uh, um, the Unfiltered Sports Network. I was talking to my friend. I was like, I'd rather go to Oakland than Tampa. <laughs> oh, wow. It's true. It's like, because it's like Tampa's depressing because it's a dome. Yeah. You're in one of the most beautiful places in the uh, continental United States. <laughs> you know, St. Petersburg's a beautiful town. I don't know if you've ever been to St. Pete. No, I have not. Okay, yeah, it's a beautiful town. You know, I mean, if you're in the right part of St. Pete. Um, and they don't like take advantage of the fact like that it's it, there's no views in there. Like I understand it's a dome, but like even when you go out to the concourse, it's it looks like a conference a, a conference center. It looks like the Anaheim Convention Center on the inside.
0: Oh, that's not good.
1: <laughs> yeah, because Anaheim Convention Center on the outside is beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah, beautiful it- on the that- outside. The architecture is cool, yeah, but when you're inside, it's just a bunch of empty halls.
0: Yeah, it's plain as day. Plain
1: yeah, it looks it looks like a mall maybe. Yeah. And, know, and, nothing crazy.
0: Yeah. At least you have the devil raised in the outfield, right? The,
1: the yeah, I, that's cool. That part's cool. <laughs> During Royal rumble, I was hoping like freaking like Roman Reigns or somebody was going to like come out of like the stingray tank. <laughs> that's I was hoping it was going to happen. It never did.
0: Damn. Yeah. Or, or uh, maybe a uh, guest appearance by Steve Irwin. Uh, too, too, too Ooh, early. Too Sorry. soon. Too, too soon. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's been like um, 20 years. It's too soon. Yeah. Too
0: soon. Um, but no i think um you know that that's sad you stating out of 18 ball clubs and you're a true baseball fan you grew up an angel fan um and for you to rank it right there it just goes to show you you know as a hardcore fan you know it's hard because i i'm the same way like like i've i've completely as far as even california i, I put it towards the, the bottom of the list you know with oakland just above oakland um but on the west coast i mean stadiums but i've been to you know some stadiums not as much as you haven't but even minor league stadiums it's like i've been to a couple minor league stadiums that blew me away like st louis has a has a baseball major league baseball feel to it you know and it's just part of it is the the culture has changed as far as winning i mean you can make any place great if you're winning yeah but for the most part, I think when you're losing, you see all the cracks, you see all the divots, you see everything, the warts. And I think we're beginning to see a lot of that with Angels.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do with Angel Stadium. Like my whole thing is like I don't think they want to put a lot of money to it because the hope is still that they're gonna get a new ballpark.
0: Correct. Correct. You
1: know, and already was trying to buy the land and he did for a second, and then the FBI was like mm. <laughs> You, uh, like that one meme. You sure about that? You sure about that? That's, that's really what happened. But, uh, I mean, we should definitely do a deep dive one day into, like, the eras of Angel Stadium. Maybe we'll bring uh, Halo Joe for that, since he is our resident historian. We should bring him to really talk about the eras of Angel Stadium.
0: Yeah, and I think what would have been perfect is if you were out here still to where we can go to a game and each night, maybe take a or 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 do a series like you wanted to do. I, I know Fernando has been trying to do this on the podcast for a while, as far as trying each place in Anaheim and kind of giving it a grade towards outside food and if it's worth being a stadium buy when you go. Oh man,
1: yeah, I've been wanting to do a food episode for years. I keep pitching it, we just never do it. Exactly, and and one of these days,
0: but it's but that's a problem, bro. It's going to take you to be here at least like a week, and us do like. Because, you know, yeah. I, I I mean, it, it'd get quite expensive if we did one night of just going from one place to another.
1: And we need to get, that's what the sponsors are for.
0: Yeah, exactly. Today's
1: episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. You yeah. <laughs> know, By is a, Morgan & Morgan. This is a 714 tickets Big A Burger. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, hey, come on, Ron Holt. What are you trying to buy me? Let's go. Some yogurt land. <laughs> Give me some of those cookies that are $40 oh,
0: for a container.
1: Man, Kathy's cookies, man, just I will bathe in them. So oh, yeah. good. So <laughs> good. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's going to be any new stadium food because I, I definitely want to make it out of a couple of games this year. I don't know how many, but I'd like to make it out to a couple. I, I will say, last year I went out of three. I don't think that was that bad considering yeah. I had to fly out there, everyone. So maybe I'll go out there for that Logan O'Hopi bobblehead, maybe some of the trouts. We'll see.
0: Yeah, if you can make it out to a couple, I think what we should do is make it a point to hit up these spots in the stadium, especially like your well like your well known only stadium food providers. And then me, you and James, because I know the chair would like to get in on that too. And we could oh, do no. like a best, you know, best two out of three if we if we dig the item that's supposedly popular or good, then thumbs up. If not, thumbs down, you know, that type of thing. Yeah.
1: I think it'd be cool if we had like a, you know, a little segment where we go around and we're like, Hey, I'm here with my name's Octavio. Hey, Octavio, what's your favorite food? You know, I like the helmet nachos. All right. And now we go try the helmet nachos. I think something like that would be cool. Like, Oh, I'm little Sue. I like LA rotisserie chicken. Okay. And now we go, then we try that. I feel like that'd be something interesting, right? You let the people decide what you order and you kind of go from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, one of the most debated things that I've heard from Angel fans as far as the food is some people love the chicken tenders. I forget what spot it is in the Anaheim Stadium, and some people dislike them. They say that they're worse than microwave, but it's either a love hate relationship with those chicken tenders.
1: I think they're fine. I think they're fine. I remember they used to have a restaurant called the Big Cheese on okay. the third floor, on the uh, third base side, main concourse. And uh, that place used to be pretty good. I remember they used to have a place called Angels Wings. That place also pretty good, you know. And, and I'm saying pretty good for stadium food. The only stadium food at Angel Stadium so far that I've tried, uh, besides you know, Kathy's cookies and stuff, I'm not kind of that stuff because those are outside vendors coming in. Right. I'm saying by the Angels, they run the stand themselves. That's amazing. Is Big A Burger. I will die on that hill. Big A Burger the best stadium cheeseburger i've had and i've been to a lot of stadiums a pretty good amount
0: yeah you did have me with some of that milwaukee food you were talking about but that big a burger is pretty good I, yeah i, I mean I
1: wrigley field though man they have that brost burger the the little cheeseburger with the brat on the inside i remember oh. seeing that and i was like "Oh, is that what you're talking about
0: yeah, I I I, okay, was, okay. I remember you were talking about the Brat one, but I, I figured that was in Milwaukee, but I, I do remember you saying that you got that at Wrigley.
1: Yeah, no, at Milwaukee, what they had there was the uh, Yelly melt, which was like a patty melt with like Swiss cheese or whatever. That was good.
0: Mm. You see? Yeah. We can to have a
1: Well, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, a very underrated ballpark.
0: Absolutely. American
1: Family Field or whatever they call it today.
0: Formerly Miller Park, yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone still calls it Miller Park. We we definitely have to do an episode now on food. I guarantee it.
1: Hey, I'm down. I, I'm down. We're gonna have a lot of empty room for content in February, so maybe we finally do it.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: And if you're going out of spring training this year, I need you to do a food update there.
0: Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna be in spring training. It's just uh, I I've got to make that one with Rob against Milwaukee, and then uh, I I want to try at least to go to a weekend series two or three games right there. Try to get okay. that out and get some interviews, but uh, we'll see. And then maybe
1: if uh, – because remember, uh, not the next day after the they play Milwaukee, but the day afterward they play the Mariners. So you got to go see our boy Ty.
0: Yeah, I got to get in contact with him. You got to send me over his number at least or something where he can – Yeah, re- man, I'm sure and we talk.
1: can hook something up.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right, Fernando, if you got anything else, I think that's it for me. That's That's it for me. I thanks think. everyone for tuning in.
0: Yeah, we're we're printing those World Series tickets. Thanks to uh, Aaron Hicks.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I I didn't want to jinx it, which is why I didn't bring it up.
0: Well, that and Suarez is uh 2024 comeback player of the year,
1: dude. Uh, well, but then Anthony Rendon wouldn't be comeback player of the year. So I mean, someone's gonna have to fall off the cliff. So we'll see who.
0: Exactly. That's It's motivation. gonna be
1: like a back and forth, like in WWE, where like one guy punches and the other guy punches and the other guy. It's gonna be Suarez. And Rendon. I am not a bitch. You're a bitch. You're a bitch. Yeah, until one falls off the ladder
0: and then the other one grabs the belt. That's how it's going to go.
1: Yeah, there you go. The one who grabs the belt all along was uh, uh, Adam Simber. (laughs) (laughs) That was the one who grabbed the belt. Come back Play of the Year. Yay. Miguel (laughs) Sano.
0: All right, we'll catch you guys on the flip side.
1: See you guys.